1: Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Shauna Koresh. Shauna Koresh may be known to many of us as the clicker training lady, but she's really the 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 take-it-out-of-the-textbook-and-put-it-in-the-barn lady. Shauna uses scientifically proven training and teaching methods, removes the science weenie language, and gives folks like us amazing tools with which to improve our horse's behavior and performance. Her reward reinforcement training system dramatically accelerates the training process for any breed or discipline by unlocking the horse's natural desire to perform what results is an incredible bond between human and horse a partnership based on success today's tip is an excerpt from the horses in the morning show episode 347 and is all about building duration in a behavior and getting your husband to take out the trash but first a word from today's sponsor
0: Hi everybody. Glenn the Geek back with you with Debbie from Equestrian Collections at EquestrianCollections.com. We're here with Equestrian Collections product of the week.
2: I want to talk this week about the Enel No Bounce Bra. This is a sports bra, and this is the time of year that we need to start thinking about sports bras. It's finally beginning to be spring, and we're going to get out and ride. These bras absolutely will keep you from bouncing. And those of us who ride know how important that is. It's also good for running. It's good for um, really anything you want to do where you want to be comfortable and yet um, not bounce. Um, the, they are a little different from your other types of sports bras. They fit like a vest. They come around and you attach them in front like a vest. They do feel a little tight when you first put them on, but as you wear them, they will relax, and they will be much more comfortable. And I promise you, they work. They do size a little bit differently than most sports bras, so you would need to go to our site, www.equestriancollections.com, put in email, look at the bras, and then read really carefully the size chart because you do measure yourself differently for this product than you do the other types of sports bras. But I'm telling you, it really works.
0: And I don't have much to offer to this one, Debbie, except that I know that, that Chris, uh, your boss there at Question Collection, said this is one of your best sellers of all the products you sell.
2: Yes, it is. It's our top seller, and we've had it for a long time, so people are um, real familiar with the fact that we have carried that. And by the way, this was a product that was featured on Oprah several years ago, so you know if it's featured on Oprah that they've done the research
0: all right, go to equestriancollections.com and just search for E N E L L, and it'll bring this up. And you can uh, check it out there. And, and as Debbie said, be aware of the size. Equestriancollections.com. Now, enjoy today's tip. Well, Jennifer, you're leading the way, as you always do, here with Shauna Koresh. Let's say good morning to Shauna first. Good morning,
3: Shauna. Well, good morning, everybody.
0: Hey, are you a Dancing with the Stars fan?
3: You know, I, I have watched it, and, and I'm I'm totally with you guys. I'm not totally a dance person, but it's kind of fascinating. I don't know. The behavior in all the reality shows kind of gets me a little bit. So I've watched it a little bit.
0: Uh, that yeah, that's California. my
4: girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes you a California girl there, Shauna. Well, let's, uh, let's go to Jennifer and have her lead the way in a conversation about training today.
4: There we go. Okay, Shauna, I need to know. If you were invited to be on Dancing with the Stars or you were invited to be on um, The Survivor, which one would you go on? Ooh, that's a
3: tough one. I, I would probably go with Survivor. I think it'd be really hard though, because those guys are kind of, you know, it gets so much bigger than. I mean, it just it's it's almost insidious what they do to each other sometimes. But but yeah, they're more up my I alley. Meaner. I think they're much meaner. Yeah. Than Survivor. It's it's more manipulative and more. Ooh, it's just different. But the, I, I don't know the shoes with Dancing with the Stars. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> well, I got
0: to tell you, Shona, I'd have to I'd have to go to Survivor just to save the audience from seeing me dancing. I have to do it for the audience. <laughs>
3: My part either. I'm not really kind of. I'm not a big dancer myself, so I, you know, that would probably be more awkward than climbing a tree for coconuts or
4: something. Yeah, you'd be <laughs> out. You'd be out there training your fellow competitors. Is what you'd be doing. <laughs> and the fish to swim into the nets for me. Yeah. <laughs> All that, you'd be highly sought after as a member of the team. I could. And if there are monkeys on that island, I'd you having them really put to work. <laughs> Maybe building go. stuff. You you have a kni- knitting uh, ball caps for you or something? <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> training. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, we're gonna chat a little bit today about, and I'm I'm probably gonna get this wrong, building duration in a behavior. So you've taught your horse or your husband to do something, <laughs> but he does it and then expects a reward right away. So he's gonna. We I've taught my husband to take the trash out, but he takes the trash out. <laughs> And then he stops and won't do anything else until I reward him for taking the trash out. So,
0: hey, well, hey I'm listening here. Just stand.
4: Put yourself on mute, Glenn. mute. Um, explain to me how, give me an example of a behavior I'm going to teach my horse and when it's time to add builder to to add duration to the behavior and how do I go about doing it? Okay. And, you know, I think
3: of a couple examples. One is an uh, on-the-ground be- kind of behavior that's specific to target training. That's a stationary target. And then the other one I think of is a more practical mainstream um, behavior, but it'd be something like teaching Canada parts. You know so you first are working on the canner department. At first, you're just drawing attention to the commitment to the picking up the correct lead when you ask. and then you, you so you get that and you get that solid. And a lot of times what happens with the, the bridge signal or the clicker, You click and you say, that's exactly what I'm looking for, but all they've done is committed to that, you know, the left lead, let's say. And so as soon as you see that commitment, you click and reinforce. So you've communicated really well, and you've you've built a reinforcement history with that behavior and association so they think, okay, good, I like when I get that signal, I know what to do, this is what I'm going to do every time. Well, that's all well and good for that portion, but you need to build up now. To being regular, <laughs> you know, so that cantering that thing, on the left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the actual cantering part of cantering. So you know, then you put in just and and, and you, if you just go so far, you're going to lose the communication. in The early part when they're not so sure that they're doing the right thing. So then you're going to let them go for like a stride. I would typically. I mean, it's a little different for every horse and their own personalities. You know, we have to adapt everything a bit, but. Typically, I might go for just a stride or two next, and then I would click and reinforce and let them know that, yep, even though it wasn't right away, you're still on the right track. So they're kind of knowing, okay, good. I'm still getting it. And then I'd build up to, you know, five strides, and then maybe a quarter of the way around the ring, and then, you know halfway around the ring, and then eventually it becomes, you know, and continue on. So you kind of just build it up. And sometimes they still draw attention to that earliest stage when they commit. So you, like this would happen with the whales. If you only bridged or or blew the whistle on the fifth bow, the first bow would be kind of low. Second bow would be a little higher, third a little higher, fourth a little higher, fifth completely up to criteria because they know that's the only one that really, that's the one that, you know, is the breadwinner kind of. Got it. Okay. So if you shift it around, they don't necessarily know when it's coming. If it's coming, you know, they. It, it, so it, you kind of generalize that and that helps to keep them motivated, keep them sharp, keep them paying attention. But eventually you want them to be able to just, you ask for a candidate part. They give you a canter depart. There's not a, an expectation of food. They they know what to do. They you've taught it through the positive reinforcement, so it has a good association, it has a good motivation, and I'll randomly reinforce it at different points in time. But it is not something that I, I typically reinforce, you know, all the time anymore. And and even other people sometimes when I'm not there and stuff, other people will ride my horses, and they don't do any of the positive reinforcement training, and they're just as good for them as for me because they've been taught with such good association with everything because they, they enjoy their job as a whole. You know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about the food anymore. So okay. building up the duration is an important part of, of everything we do. You know, you think about all the training as little tiny steps, little building blocks called successive approximations. And Ooh. and the, you, that's a big <laughs> one, huh? For really I really talking
4: behavior. Uh-huh. Um, so we've established canter-depart, mm-hmm. horse anticipates a reward signal, the clicker, not necessarily mm-hmm. the food itself, but the clicker. Cause, so you ask him to canter-depart left, and he gets it, and you can kind of feel the horse anticipating, I got that right, I expect to hear that little sound. Mm-hmm. That When the horse develops that connection is when you... So do you randomize the immediate reward, or do you add more strides before the reward? Which one do you do first? Um, I actually add more strides
3: before the reward. So You know when you feel that little moment where you feel that like, ooh, I did it, it's going to happen? I keep really supportive with my aides so that they, you know, if they're kind of, if I'm soft and not kind of really supportive, they may go, oh good, this is right, this is where I stop and get that. Mm -hmm. So so I kind of make a distinction. If I want to use my clicker and say that's good I kind of become soft you know I don't mm-hmm. I'm not supportive with anything I mean I'm still the saddle I'm not a lump of potatoes up there you know but I just I you know I kind of I get just soften and let them let everything come soft if I want them to keep going through that um, I actually will just be really be supportive with my aids now this is a thing that not all people you know the diehard clicker trainers do but I I do like to, I utilize secondary reinforcements after the bridge signal. So I will, I will, and this is something we did at SeaWorld all the, all the time. So it, it's something that's widely practiced. It just kind of, mm-hmm. through the dog clicker training to horse world, it has, okay. it has become not so much. Okay, um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> okay, so then, um, so what I one of the things I will do is I teach them to, to ride through the click. And this is really important when I'm dealing with, you know, people like BZ Madden and, and Jane Savoy and, and Sue Blanks, and people that are the higher-end riders, that they need to be able to communicate that is good, but they're on course or they're, they're in the middle of a test and you want to keep going. So I would, um, I call it riding through the click. And it's not always a click. A lot of times it's a verbal or tactile bridge signal, That maybe is for another show, (laughs) but the um, make note of that next show verbal or tactile (laughs) signal. Got it. So I will, I will teach them. I may click and want you to keep going. So the kind of the reinforcer for that. After you've really reinforced these signals, they actually become reinforcers unto themselves. They're secondary reinforcers because they've been associated with primary reinforcement for so long. And I only do this when the behavior is really strong and they really have shown, you know, a quickness and a for it. They're really excited to, to do that. So, And they and they, it's very con- consistent. But so I start at the walk when I'm going to teach this because it's harder to, if they kind of start to come down and stop, it's harder to maintain that, like, at the canter or the trot. So I start at the walk where I'm going to be setting them up for success and have the most success. And so then I'll click, and I know that I'm about to click, and I know that they're going to anticipate stopping, and I just kind of give another signal that is, you know, I just get a little stronger with my my seat and say, go forward. And as they, you know, feel that hesitation, as soon as they go, oh, okay, and they walk on, I click and reinforce that. And then I then I will let them stop because it's the accepting of moving on so that they, you know, they go, oh, okay, that means something. But, you know, so I could draw attention to that moment in time. I can say, that is good. I like what you just did, but we're going to continue to do more. So it's, uh, it's an important way to mark moments in time. Like with, you know, with BZ in Judgment, when she went out to um, to Spruce Meadows to take him when his first time back to doing water jumps, which he had a huge issue with, is she rode by the water, she's on. Um, she's, the, the buzzer hasn't started, but she's out on the course. When she rode by the water, and he wasn't bulging and and balking and and being, you know, afraid of the water, she could click. And this is, she could still use a clicker. Then I think you can't now, in in the the class. But she used a clicker. He nickered real soft you know and he knew he did a good job but he continued on and then could do the rest of the course so she could say i like what you did there he went on then he was fourth which is a really it's a huge class it's a derby up there big international class so he did really well but so that is important in those moments of time when you can say that was really exceptional but we're going to keep going so, so it really
4: that's kind of a being able to judge the horse's level of focus in that he, com- he he completes the circle that he recognizes what that auditory signal means. That means you did the behavior right, but he also recognizes that he should continue either with another behavior or further behaviors because if he keeps hearing it, he's going to eventually get the actual reward mm-hmm. and get the, the tree to the carrot or the cookie or something. So when you're building duration, we've gone over, okay, you are going to do five canter strides before you hear the little click noise, or mm-hmm. maybe you're going to do three canter strides before you hear the little click noise. Do um, you have any pointers for um, rec- telltale signs that your horse is ready to make that connection, telltale signs that when I'm sitting on my horse, and I ask for counter left, and I immediately click um, that I can recognize as somebody who maybe doesn't read a horse's body language and understanding very well. If I do this too soon, if I make the jump of I'm going to ask for longer duration, and I do it before the horse has really connected the sound to the skill set, Mm -hmm. what am I going to see happen if I do it too soon? What's going to go wrong? Well, the biggest thing, if you do it too soon, you're not
3: going to see a response to the, the click. So it's really important. I only do this when we're down the road and I know um, that, they're, that they're really responsive to clicking. I don't even start really training something new and, and taking them to unfamiliar territory where they're not going to, where I need a real clear communication. I'm not even going to go to that place till I know that they're responding really well to the click first on the ground. So I want them, when they hear the click, their ears look and their eyes, you know, kind of turn towards you and that they're responding really well. Like it's sharp. You know that they know that means something. Then when I take it under saddle, I want to see that same response. So I want to see them stopping. I want them to recognize, and people get this a little confused. They remember the behavior they did when they heard the click. So the stopping is not what's getting reinforced. They remember, and this is the association that's made on the ground first, they remember what earned them the click because that's the, that's when you said you have earned some sort of reward. So it's really important that, they, um, that they're really sharp about that and really clear about that, that they understand what that means. Because if you go on, you're just going to desensitize it. And you want to make sure it has a very high... Um, ratio reinforcement with it, you know, so it, it means so much and they know that it's important and they, they're very responsive to it. Because if you start to do too many clicks without a, a primary reinforcement, meaning food, behind it or something that they really innately like, it's going to lose its value, and that's certainly not something you want to do. So you're never going to start and move into a new behavior until you see them really recognizing it under saddle, and that's basically going to be stopping at first because that means, oh, I just did it right, I'm going to look and see what sort of reward I'm going to get. So it's, um, and primarily it's going to be food, a primary reinforcement. So you want to see that first. you want to see them sharp and listening, and I'll work on something really simple at first, not the most complicated behavior. I may even take something that they're they kind of know, but maybe could be a little better at, you know, like maybe it's it's a little bending, you know, and they get a little bit rigid and stiff and as soon as you feel that little bit of softening, so it's something they know, but you're kind of fine tuning. so you can you can recognize it, but you're not going to something that might be frustrating or unknown to them so that's when I first get under saddle, I do something like that. As I start to feel progress and they're getting softer and softer and softer and I recognize they realize that the softness is earning the click and when I click they stop, then I feel like, you know, when I've gone through that a little bit, then it's time to move into the, to the duration and, and then after you get the behavior really solid, you might move into doing the using a secondary reinforcer as opposed to the food but continuing on with the the riding or the task after the click.
4: Does okay. that make sense? That makes sense. But it's I always have to go out and practice it with the horse because I get it wrong eight <laughs> times out of ten. <laughs> uh-huh. But because he's so incredibly food motivated, he is willing uh-huh. to keep trying and trying. <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of one of the things that is really, really good. Well, there's a
3: couple things there you pointed out. It, one is that, You know, with traditional training, the removal of the AIDS is what is is reinforcer. And the timing on that has to be way more critical than the timing with the positive reinforcement. I think it's a more forgiving system, and you can kind of reshape things if you get it a little bit wrong. Because, I mean, I myself have trained things and thought, oh, I don't like the way that looks i to do it different. You know, I i not afraid my horse to pick up the wrongly. You could lie because my eggs <laughs> were backwards. Yes, I get that, yeah. <laughs> so I will, you know, and, and you can totally go back and do it. And that doesn't mean that the timing is important with positive reinforcement. I just think it's more forgiving, and it is, for me, it's, it's way easier to see, and it's more precise when with the, the release of the AIDS, I think there's a tendency with us humans, especially when you're newer, you know, we're not as in control of all our body parts. Overriding as we, as like we think to be, we are. You know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The hands are maybe doing more than they should, and that's an important communication tool. Or our legs are, you know, not as still as they should be. And with the with the positive reinforcement, it, with a you know a bridge signal, clicker, you have a way to make it really precise. And then another point you touched on, which is huge, I think, is once they start doing this and understanding, it's kind of like a puzzle for them. Understanding it, they enjoy the process.
4: So I mean, oh, he loves, I, he loves nothing more than to to try everything he can. He's going, huh? well, if you didn't want me to stand still, you didn't want me to put my head on the ground and you didn't want me to walk sideways, what else can I try to get that cookie? <laughs> and and, that, he tries and some that, really random
3: stuff that I never taught him. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's really kind of a, a neat thing because you see so much enthusiasm, they're engaged in the training process. They want to come to the solution as much as you do. And it really is just it it in the beginning it seems a little bit slower in the end it goes so much faster because they they start they're engaged they're learning they're trying and it you know even a young horse will seem very mature behaviorally you know and progress wise because yeah. they get so involved in it and yeah. it and so it's a fun thing to see that they are you know really ready to
4: go and and when when we do it with husbands and emptying the trash i'm going to make <laughs> darn sure he gets it, that it's not I'm taking the trash out of the can that's getting in the reward. It's walking back into the house after it's in the dumpster that's getting in the reward. I'm going to practice I'm that. I'm still here, week. and I'm
0: waiting for my reward every time I empty the garage, <laughs> by the way.
4: So I'm going to work on that for the next four weeks until Shauna comes back, and we're going <laughs> to chat a little bit about, um, I think it was auditory and tactile bridging and, and crazy stuff like that so we're going to see you again uh, next month Shauna. and thank you so much for helping me out and Beaker loves it when you stop by because I do a lot more clicker training with him and on target training with him when you've been here and he likes it
1: well there you go I can't wait to go out and do some successive approximations with Beaker to listen to all of Shauna's tips just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left you can also ask Shauna questions on her website at ask Shauna Dot .com. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they really do make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been equestriancollections.com. Visit them today for a world of choices including underwear delivered right to your door. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like us to cover on the show.